What's up you guys and welcome back to the Big Bait Sagas podcast. This is podcast number two. In this episode, um, the main topic that I'm going to be talking about is bank fishing, particularly bank fishing with swim baits. A lot of people do not have a boat. They are limited to the shoreline, like myself, or they might even be able to buy a boat, but it's just not worth the hassle for them or whatever. And maybe I'll touch a bit on kayaking too and how kayaking can be a cheaper alternative to get you out on the water. Uh, But mainly in this episode, I would really like to talk about bank fishing and everything that you would need to have a successful bank fishing trip and also the tools and equipment that will help you that a lot of people overlook when fishing from the bank. It's never a bad idea to just grab a bag, grab a couple baits, and head down to the bank. But what a lot of people realize is that when they go out with just any old bag, any old baits, um, whatever rod, and they don't put much thought into it, that they find themselves not having as good of a time as they could if they came better prepared. Um, A lot of people get easily fatigued, easily tired, wearing improper gear, etc. So if you're really trying to fish from the bank seriously, like this is just, this probably won't be an episode for guys that are just fishing for a couple hours after work or whatever. This is going to be the episode more geared to people that fully dedicate an entire day to going out and fishing on the bank, whether it's in like 110 degree heat or 30, 40 degree cold. So first and foremost, what I would like to talk about is the bag that you take when you go fishing from the bank. It is not any, it's not bad for you to just grab whatever bag you have and go out. If that's what gets you on the water, then that's what gets you on the water. But the one thing that you need to understand is that when you grab any old bag, it's going to be a lot more difficult for you because like let's just say a Jansport backpack that bag is not made to wear with a lot of equipment inside of it for extended amounts of time it's made to for kids to go to school in where wear it to and from class 10 15 20 minutes at a time and that's it it doesn't have really much padding the back doesn't have much padding it only has one or two compartments depending on what bag what size you get and it's not waterproof it's just really not made for the elements or for carrying a good amount of stuff in it Uh, another thing people often do is they carry one of those gym bags with like two straps on it like those drawstring gym style bags Another thing, those things will dig into your shoulders. I'm sure everybody that's tried one has had that happen to them. And it's just not a fun time. You'll find yourself wanting to leave that bag in your truck or your car and just go fishing with one rod and one bait. The bag, I've used a lot of bags, a lot of styles of bags in my whole time of fishing. I've used like military tactical bags, which those work out pretty good. I've used... Jansport backpacks. I've used those drawstring gym bags. I've used 
like little pencil pouches that I just clip onto my belt loop, which is also a great option if you just want to pack light. But the two bags that I run with now and that I feel like are the best for the the best tools to get the job done is the Lateral Vision Repel bag, which is a waterproof bag. It's great for the rainy season or for the cold season when it might be there might be an unexpected rain that you don't that you're not aware of or unexpected weather conditions and you want to keep your gear dry maybe you got camera gear gopros or maybe you just have baits and equipment that you don't want the hooks getting rusty and you don't want you just don't like your gear getting wet that's like one of the perfect bags that i use for the rainy season the next bag that's not that i have not put so much time into but i have worn for probably seven days worth of fishing so far in six plus hour days is the Superbait Korea shadow bag. Swimbait Underground recently had a collaboration with Superbait and they put out this bag. This bag has been out for a while to my understanding and it was just super hard to get from Korea. Sorry for that noise. It's um, in my phone. I just turned off my notifications. But anyways, it's from Korea. And it's very, it was very hard to get. But what it is, is a shoulder bag. Almost like a computer style bag, if you could say that. But it's a more beefed up version. And it's actually made for fishing. And a lot of people will be like, wow, I'm not spending $100 on a bag for fishing. And that's fine if that's not you then that's not you but what you got to realize is that this bag it's made for fishing it's made for longer trips I'm assuming it's really well padded it's got slots for pliers uh, D clips for to clip on whatever you might want to clip on whether that's pliers cl clippers um, whatever you could think of and it also uses the molly system which means you can go out and buy any molly pouches and it'll adapt to that bag on the front side it could fit up to like three of their bags that they sell the mini tackle bags or it could also fit just whatever random molly attachments you want to have on there whether that's a water bottle holder or more pouches whatever you want I've even bought a first aid kit that I could also fit on there when I go into really gnarly trips where I might be hiking four or five miles into somewhere and I won't be able to get out easily um, which is very important to me when fishing is to have a first aid kit especially when I'm going on a trip by myself that I know I'm gonna be more than a mile away from my truck without any way to get help if I needed it anyways that's a little side tangent but the Superbait Korea bag is really a great bag and I think that bag is will shine more in the warmer seasons so the lateral vision bag for the winter and the colder rainier season and the super bait bag for the summer and you could even treat that canvas that it comes with with some water repellent spray and it'll make it a little bit more waterproof but it could hold a pretty couple pretty big boxes or a couple wraps I even put my big water bottle in there and it's just an all-around great bag and I'm not affiliated in any way with those two companies I just really like those products and I use them 
and they work well and that's what I found over the years of trialing and airing several different bags that I just can't stand because I've been out there and I get frustrated with how a bag's hurting my shoulders or whatever and I just decide to go home but now since I've actually invested some time into figuring out a great bag to wear it's made my shore fishing a lot more easier and I've just noticed the less things that you have to worry about while you're shore fishing the better so if all you got to worry about is fishing you will have a much more successful trip than if you have to worry about your bag or how much water you have or how your shoes are hurting you and everything you could possibly think of another thing I want to talk about is apparel when bank fishing a lot of people don't think about that I'm just gonna talk about this real quick but you might be fishing somewhere with some thick bushes you're not gonna to want to wear shorts it might be really hot still you're not gonna to want to wear shorts same thing with footwear a lot of people will just go out with tennis shoes which is fine for like ponds park ponds but when you're going somewhere like Diamond Valley Lake or somewhere more gnarly that you need to be hiking and it's rattlesnake country you might need to wear rattlesnake boots you might need to wear a better quality boot to have you out there the whole day because your feet will get messed up and trust me I've rolled my ankles a few times wearing just normal tennis shoes and it's not fun you'll be out you'll be out of the shoreline for a couple weeks letting that heal up um, so next what I would like to talk about from shore fishing is just being ready to um, conquer not conquer being ready to adapt to any situation you might need so a lot of people go out there and they just take a wrap with a couple baits but what happens their hooks bend out or their split ring bends out and then what they have to leave or their line a lot of people it blows my mind how much people do not re-spool I personally re-spool every single trip out on the water. So if I go out today and I come home, I'll re-spool. Even if I'm going out the next day tomorrow, I'll re-spool my line. Why? Because in a game like this where you're fishing for that fish of a lifetime, if you have a nick in your line that you didn't know about or your line is just has so much memory that it's a pain to cast you'll be frustrated out there and if you lose that fish because of that and it could have been prevented you will just be very pissed but the one thing that I was going back to saying um, about taking with you is carrying the essentials so like split ring pliers split rings backup hooks super glue um, mend it you want to be carrying all these things with you along with just your baits because it'll make your time out there a lot more easy when you bend out a hook you won't have to go home you'll just break out your bag throw another hook on and you're good to go same thing with um rods and reels it's i usually always bring just one rod one reel maybe two but you might want to if you're going somewhere that you know is going to be a long trip you might want to bring more than one rod just in case something were to happen to that rod vice versa and now that we've talked about the equipment you need to take or you could take the bags um, 
the clothing. Let's move on to the actual fishing part of this. So when you go to when you bank fish, especially when you're going somewhere that you've never gone before, I notice a lot of people will show up to a bank and they'll just run down a bank and just cast, fan cast, fan cast. And while fan casting, I believe it got drilled into our heads because of a lot of the bass literature out there, the magazines, the books, even some professional bass fishermen out there that talk about fishing from the bank. They always mention fan casting, which is where you just cast from left to right in perfect straight lines out to the middle, out to the left, out to the right, and you just cover water like that. While that can work, I find that that is not a great way to catch big fish because when you're fishing with big baits like this, when a big fish sees that bait, they understand. Here's just my logic, what I think. I believe like they understand that that is a big meal and it's going to take some energy to take that meal out. So when you're casting into the wide open middle of nowhere and they're sitting on a point in an ambush spot, in a perfect spot to pin something down and you cast 15, 20 yards away, they might see that bait, but they might not want to come out and get that bait because they understand it's going to take some energy to pin that that bait down. So what you're doing when you're fan casting is you're showing a whole bunch of fish your bait without putting it in the proper location for it to get bit. You have to understand bass are opportunistic, but at the same time they're ambush predators and they're going to eat a bait when it's presented to them in the best way possible. So if they're sitting on a point and they see trout go by all day long, do you think they're going to swim far out for a trout that's 20 yards away when they could wait a few more minutes for a trout that swims right against the bottom, right up against this rock that they're sitting by, and they could just pin that trout to the rock or to the bottom? They're going to wait for that trout that's going to be dumb and going to swim next to that rock or next to that bottom. So fan casting is just something that I believe is like a myth of the past. I believe it does work for conventional fishing, typically just because you're not fishing for one bite or a couple of bites. You're typically fishing for as many bites as you can get. So I think that it does work for conventional fishing. But in big bait fishing, I really like to pick apart an area. So what everybody goes down to the bank and they just see water. What I do is I imagine if that water is not there. So just imagine that it's an empty lake. Look at your mountains or your ridges around you. Is it steep? If it's steep, you probably have a good inclination that <clears throat> the water, inside the water, it's also going to be steep. If it's not steep, if it's a flat, and it's very flat going down into your water at a very shallow angle you can probably guess it's going to be very shallow and it's going to be a flat if there's a a lot of like a quarry for instance if you see a quarry on the outside not even at a lake if you see a quarry they have steps to them right that's just a consistent thing that quarries have if you see a quarry out on the water you can just imagine there's going to be steps in the water as well that fish might be sitting on same thing with hills and mountains. Yes, hills, mountains have a lot of variation to them, 
but typically if it's a very steep hill or a very long tapering point underwater it's not going to change that much it's not going to if it was a long tapering point it's not just going to sheer drop off typically but there is some instances where that does happen but typically if you have a very steep hill and it goes on for a couple hundred yards above the shoreline it's typically going to continue that same thing below the below the waterline so what i use that for is i find the places that have features like that or maybe they're if you pay attention to the bank while you're walking you'll see the bottom context of the ground you'll see maybe hard clay turn into gravel turn into chunk rock turn into riprap and all those transition lines you could take note of that as well and when you have one of those transition transition lines compounded with one of those key features that you were discovering like a point or a flat or a ridge that just adds to the factors of that spot potentially being good and what I'll do is I'll fish specific spots like that and I'll often skip over spots that I don't think would be as productive so if I go to a new body of water I'll immediately find all the points that I can access from the bank I'll fish all those points I'll fish them a couple weeks straight and eventually I'll develop which points got bit for me, which points didn't. The ones that didn't, I probably won't fish as often again. I might only hit them one time per trip. While the ones that I did get bit on, mm -hmm. I'll actually cover water on those. And I'll break it down even further than what I've initially broke it down. And so that's just a major thing when shore fishing is. Make your cast angles important and make them correctly. So... Don't just go out there and aimlessly cast. Pick apart tree lines. Pick apart points. Pick apart anything that you can see that's a visible target or anything that you can visualize in your mind as being under the water. Make a cast as if you're catering to that. The next thing that I want to talk about when bank fishing is once you find a spot, how do you find the spot on a spot when you're bank fishing which is something that i'm still kind of figuring out um i've gotten very successful at bank fishing and being pretty consistent but when you're fishing a spot and you get bit you got to figure out why you got bit so let's just say i'm fishing a key spot like a point or a ridge line and i get bit i tend to get bit in the same areas that I've got bit before on that specific piece of uh, structure, if you would call it, or uh, terrain. So if I'm fishing a point, I typically get bit in the same, within the same 10 yards of an area on that same point. And the reasons behind that, I still can't figure it out quite. But I'm sure like if I fished a jig or if I had electronics, I could probably be able to tell Hey, if there's a big rock down there that they're sitting on or a tree line, but really pay attention when you're fishing where you get bit and try to figure out why. Because typically on certain key features, you'll get bit in the same areas every single time. And a lot of people just don't think any much of it. They're just like, okay, I get bit every time here. That's great. But they don't try to figure out why, because if you truly figure out why, you got bit in that spot, in that 
same exact place, then you could apply that to other areas of the lake that have that same feature, which is something that I've done once or twice when I figured that out. But um, from the bank, it's just kind of tough to figure all that out. Another thing that I want to get into real quick is uh, figuring out which times of the day are most productive for you at that given body of water. So also when I'm talking about bank fishing from the uh, shoreline, fishing from the shoreline, I'm typically talking about fishing for bigger fish. I'm not just talking about fishing for any bite. So what that will also mean for me is fishing at one specific body of water day in and day out for years straight. So if you could really figure out the key times and the key um, the key times of day to be fishing certain areas it'll make you far more successful than if you just go out there at a random time and just fish a random day another thing too about bank fishing that I want to talk about is a lot of people they'll see people online posting consistent big fish pictures and they'll wonder man how is this guy catching them or man I wish I could be as good as that guy or I wish I could catch fish like that the one thing that I want to say is everybody has the ability to go out there and catch a trophy fish and when I say trophy fish I mean a double digit class fish everybody has the ability to do that it's just the amount of people that are willing to actually do the work to get there it's mind-boggling to me the amount of people that I guess maybe they just don't understand what it takes or they don't have the desire to put in what it takes but the one thing the one advantage that I know that I have over everybody else is that I will outwork everybody else meaning I will fish day in and day out when somebody else might take a couple days off or they might not fish as often a lot of people that are in the community or in swim baiting maybe fish two three times a month or they're also fishing conventional baits on the side or they're buying baits up like crazy and they're not really learning the bait and they're just switching back and forth back and forth between baits wondering if it's the baits fault or if it's their fault or what they need to be doing the best thing that i've found to to make you more consistent at catching bigger fish and being able to figure them out is fishing as much as you can fishing with as few baits as you can and just being consistent with your times that you go fishing and really dedicate yourself to being out on the water and figuring out your bite really well so for me there's only a handful of baits that I fish with and I've owned so many baits in the past. You can prob you probably have seen me sell a lot of baits on Swimbait Universe. And that's just because I've eliminated a lot of baits that are not productive for me. Now that might not mean that they're not productive for person X, Y, and Z. But everybody has a different fishing style. And everybody fishes a different way than anybody else. So you really... You can just you can take advice from people all you want on what baits you should be buying or throwing. But at the end of the day, you're going to need to figure out what works for you and you're going to need to understand why it works for you. 
and you're just going to want to fish those handful of baits i would say no more than five to ten baits you should be fishing if you're really trying to dedicate yourself to trophy hunting figure out why they work for you and only use those baits and just fish when nobody else is willing to fish if it's a hundred degrees outside go fishing if it's 40 degrees outside go fishing it's just a numbers game if you're out there if if somebody that has all the pieces to the puzzle together and they know where the big fish are the locations the big fish are at the structure they hold on the times of day they feed on if there's somebody that knows all of that and they only fish once or twice a month or maybe once a week and you're out there fishing five days a week and you might only know a few pieces to the puzzle like prime location maybe or perfect time of day to go and you're fishing five days a week you're gonna have way more odds of catching a bigger fish than them not that this is a competition which it's not but what i'm saying is your odds of catching bigger fish go up substantially when you're just putting in the time that nobody else is putting in same thing with everything in life i think is if you put in the time, you'll be rewarded. You hear that all the time. People, a lot of people, I feel like they take that with a grain of salt. They figure, oh, if I'm dedicating two, three hours a day or one to two hours a day to this, then that's doing, putting in the time. Couldn't be further from the truth. I don't know how many days that I've been fishing or even on days that I couldn't go fishing that I study like a top topographic map or I study weather conditions or I fine-tune my baits if I'm not fishing I'm tuning my baits I'm figuring out where I should be trying to find fish at next so many there's so many layers to this to a uh, swim bait fishing and a lot of people just assume if they're going out a couple times a week and throwing a bait and just because they're throwing a swim bait they have a great opportunity to catch a a trophy fish they've got it all wrong there's a lot more to this than just throwing a big bait and because you're throwing a big bait you're gonna catch a big fish it couldn't be farther from the truth there's so many layers to trophy bass fishing especially from the bank that you just must I wouldn't say you must master it but you must acknowledge that they exist and you must put time and effort into figuring things out and just putting in your time like i said anyways i kind of went off a little bit but i kind of want to keep this episode shorter it's still like 27 minutes long but i basically wanted to keep this as an introduction video to the podcast um basically i don't know if i mentioned it in the beginning but this podcast is just going to be a swim bait big bait related podcast maybe branching out into more things in the future but i want to just share my topics share my ideas share my theories maybe even get some guests on in the future with the swim bait community because i know there's nothing really like this out there and there was a niche that needed to be filled and i just kept saying to myself oh when i get better equipment or when i i just keep putting it off you know and that's something that I've done a lot lately is I just put things off and I say to myself that I'll do it later. But I figure there's no better time than now. 
I know that my recording equipment is not that great. This is a cell phone that I'm recording on. You're going to have to forgive me and bear with me until I can afford a better equipment. But I just wanted to do something that I could pour a little bit of my passion into because I do work a typical day job like most people out there. I'm trying not to work a typical day job. I'm trying to do something that I'm passionate about in my life. And maybe this is one of the better avenues that I could take to get there. But regardless of all that, I just want to thank you guys for listening to the podcast. And I hope you guys like it, share it, let your friends know about it, spread it around the community. Hopefully there will be a lot more topics to come. In the future, I plan to upload this podcast pretty frequently. I do not have a schedule yet, but I will quickly make one in a few days or so. And just thank you guys so much for watching. Until next time, later.